Hi, everyone. Um, I know it's been like a couple weeks, but welcome back to another episode of my podcast. Um, things have been really busy, but it's okay because I'm I'm back and I'm going to get back on the grind of releasing more episodes. Um, so today's episode is kind of like a special one, but it still ties in with, you know, the Black struggle that I'm always talking about and stuff. And today I'm going to be here with a couple of my friends uh, where we're going to be talking about just our college application experience and what what we went through and everything that we did to kind of get to where we are in terms of attending um, the Ivy League schools that we will all be attending. So today's episode is called Black the Ivy, the Black Ivy Edition. My bad. And um, yeah, it's going to be great. So stay tuned and enjoy. All right, so like I said earlier, I'm here with a couple of my friends, so I'm going to give them the time to introduce themselves. You guys already know who I am. I'm Anastasia, and if you don't, watch all the other episodes before. I say my name like 30 times. Um, but okay, so who would like to talk first? I'll go. So <laughs> hi, my name is Kimberly Cross. I'm a senior at the East Orange Campus High School. I will be attending Princeton in September, so I'm glad to be a part of this podcast today. Thank yes. you for having me. Of course. All right, my name is Jion Kelly, and I go to Benjamin Russell High School in Alabama, and I will be attending Yale University in the fall, and I'm very excited to be here on Eddie Search's podcast. Yes. And last but not least, I am uh, Favor and and Cosby High School, and I will be attending University of Pennsylvania, and I am super, uber, uber excited to be on this <laughs> Yes, and then, of course, if you don't know, like I said, if you don't know who I am, I'm Anastasia. I go to South Windsor High School in Connecticut, and I will be going to Cornell University in the fall. Um, so as you can see, we represent four out of the, there's eight, right? Yeah. Out of the eight Ivies, and we all kind of took different paths to get here. Some of us used QuestBridge, some of us didn't. Some of us submitted SAT scores, some of us didn't, just because of, you know, COVID and everything that was going on. So I kind of just wanted to shine a light on our experiences as a whole and, like, what we did and just, like, the motivations behind all that we have done to be able to get to this point. Um, so I want to kind of show have this time to kind of highlight everybody's like how they use what they did to kind of get where they are and just like their story a little bit and how the process was for them it doesn't have to be that long just like something quick and then we can go into our discussion about everything after so if anybody would like to start or if I should go first it doesn't matter okay um, so basically like with my journey, I, I went the regular way. I did a try, I did try to apply for QuestBridge to become a QuestBridge scholar, but I didn't get it. But, um, in the end though, it still kind of helped, helped me out. Cause I still got a lot of recognition from some of the colleges, college partners that are a part of QuestBridge. Um, uh, I'm not going to go into detail too much about QuestBridge because like I said, I didn't use it. Um, one of my friends later will be able to shine a light on that. But I went through, I did the regular application process, you know, through Common App and stuff like that. And I just did early decision to Cornell. Um, it was a long process because I knew me personally, you know, being low income, I needed the money from uh, these schools like the Ivies and just these other top 
top schools that have the money to give me. So I applied to a lot of schools. I, I applied to like 20. And of the 20, only only three um, weren't based off a of need-based aid. So I really kind of gave myself that shot to be able to get all the money that I needed. Um, and it was just really more of a process of being able to get my writing down and just making my writing as best as it possibly can, because I knew I wasn't going to submit my SAT scores because I'm just, oh, I just suck at the SAT. So I really, <laughs> so I really spent time on making sure um, my personal statement was good, making sure the the essay that the essay that I had to submit for Cornell was really good, and just making sure that I could do everything that I can to just really show that this is a school that I want to go to. And then like at the end of the day, like if I didn't get in, I just knew that like I did all that I could, you know. So I made sure that I could do everything, and. Yeah, it all paid off, you know, submitting all those 20 applications and doing all this work really all paid off because now here I am, you know, going to the school, my top school, about to start on my journey that I'm really looking forward to. So, yeah, that's where we are. Um, so for me, I kind of took the QuestBridge route um, more so because I, I'm not originally from America. I'm I was born in Jamaica and I moved here right in the whole peak of where you should be like starting starting to like care about college. So I came my junior year and I didn't really know what was going on. I was very much like a lost puppy in the process. My mom didn't know what was going on because she didn't go to college either. So it was kind of like I was on my own. So I found questions in my email, some random email. Yeah. And I was just like, okay, this is interesting. But then I saw that they needed an SAT score, and I was just like, yeah, I I didn't do an SAT score, so I kind of, like, pushed it off. And then, because of COVID, they extended the deadline, and it was kind of like a sign, and I was just like, okay, I'm going to apply. So I applied to both programs, so I did the College Prep Scholars Program. I got in, and then in September of that year, I did the National College Match, and I applied to four schools. During, um, through the ranking process. So I did Yale, Princeton, Columbia, and Stanford, and I got matched to Princeton, which was one of my top choices. Um, for me, I wouldn't say that I'm a very competitive um, applicant. Like, I didn't have this, like, rugged um, bunch of APs. I, I got yeah, the me neither. Like, I got <laughs> the opportunity to do APs only my senior year. Yeah. I didn't have an SAT score. The only thing I did was PSAT, and that score was not pretty at all. That wasn't something I was going to submit because it was not a true, true reflection of who I am and what I was capable of. But I feel like the my shining point or the highlights of my application was definitely my essays because I was more vulnerable and I was more true to myself. And I think that's something that was – that's something that these – admission officers are looking for they want like authenticity and i think that's what got me into princeton so it was definitely very much an exhausting process yeah it took a oh bunch of crying a bunch of staying up a <laughs> bunch of drafting a bunch of just like not knowing what you want to do when you kind of just like i need to figure out where i want to go but i i'm going to princeton in september so everything worked out yeah so yeah I wouldn't trade the experience for anything. Right. Okay, so <laughs> I am also a QuestBridge scholar, and I did the college prep scholars program my junior year as well. 
And through the National College match my senior year, I ranked six schools. I ranked Yale, Princeton, Stanford, Duke, Vanderbilt, and Columbia in that order. And I got matched to Yale, which was my top choice. And I will be going there. Oh, Ooh, yes. Um, CT is so boring. Sorry. <laughs> had to say that. Yeah. <laughs> and with um, standardized testing, I had already taken the ACT like three times before my senior year. And that was mostly just because I really didn't think I was going to be able to get into a school like Yale. So I think, yeah. you know, for merit scholarships for all of my in-state schools, you know, you really need to have a high standardized test score. And they really stress having high stats for that, even though stats, you know, really don't determine who you are as a person. And right, they, yeah. You know, a 36 or a 1600 number is not going to say much about you as a person. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I still felt like it did. <laughs> That's how we all feel like. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I took the ACT like three times, and I got the same score every time. So that wasn't fun. But <laughs> I will say, um, going back off of what Kimberly said about having rigorous coursework, don't um, basically just utilize the resources that your school provides you, and Definitely. don't try to compare that to what people at other schools have because obviously you have schools who you know have a lot of funding and they they may have like 20 30 ap classes yeah right yeah i only have six ap classes and you can only take them as a junior like as an upperclassman a junior or a senior so if that's the only rigorous coursework that you have then just take as many of those as you can don't you don't have to like go self study for like four extra AP exams. Yeah. Yeah. Put all of that pressure on yourself. Like work within, you know, what your school basically like provides for you because admissions officers will understand. Like as long as you're taking the most rigorous coursework that your school right. offers you, then they'll see that you're actually trying to push yourself and you're making an effort to challenge yourself. And then also, I'll say that, um, I also think that my writing was a big part of what got me into Yale. And I believe that um, the QuestBridge application was a really helpful part of that process for me because it gave you more space as a first-gen low-income student to, like, talk about your experiences with that and how that relates to college. Because, you know, with me applying to my state schools, there's a lot of like application fees involved and mm-hmm. all of these different like hurdles you kind of have to jump over as a low income student to apply to these schools. And I was very grateful that I found QuestBridge because it gave me the space to talk about my struggles and my experiences as a first gen low income student that I normally wouldn't have space to just on the common app or on like applying through like the regular college process. Yeah. And it's free. So, yeah. Too. I mean, I, really I mean, the Common App is also free, too. It's just the whole paying when you send the school application. But I understand. I understand what you guys are saying because... And then even with what John was saying, too, about how, like, on the Common App, it really doesn't allow you to really put emphasis on the fact if you're first gen or low income. Like, it doesn't say that. So, like, if you want to get it across there, that, like, you are, you have to specify somewhere. So, yeah. but yeah, I really do. Cause when I was doing Cushbridge, I really thought this was a cool idea. Cause I'm like, 
even though I didn't get it, I told my cousin, because my cousin is a junior too, I told her, and she's, she's applying for it now, I was like, you should apply for it, because Definitely. even if you don't get it, the recognition that you're going to get, even if you don't, is great, because I remember I didn't get it, and then I got emails from Chicago, Dartmouth, all these other schools that are a part of it, still emailing me to talk about, hey, like, reach out, da-da-da-da-da, stuff like that, so it was still, it was still um nice, but yeah, the Common App kind of stinks when it comes to recognizing yeah. that people some people are not um where we all should be in terms of income and stuff like that yeah and i don't know john were you talking pretty much that was all i had to say just i was grateful to have like quest bridge there because i think the word limit on the common app is 650 words for yeah. like your main personal essay yeah and through the quest bridge national college match application is 800 so that's already you know yeah right that you have to talk about that's a what 150 words I'm sorry, yeah math, yeah that's what it is <laughs> yeah we're not gonna yeah. do math right now <laughs> that's 150 extra words that you have to talk about your experiences and i feel like having that extra space is really something that allowed me to showcase to yale you know here's everything that i've done and all of my successes and i've accomplished all of this in spite of my struggles and in yes. spite of my background and i will also say being a first-gen low-income student and a black student at that the imposter syndrome is oh real. my god but you know you have to like you have to work through it because you're gonna feel like oh i have all these people with all this money and they come from these great competitive high schools with all of these resources and they they started nonprofits and they're doing yes. like lab research and, and they're like friends so... the president and I'm just yeah. like, <laughs> she said president the president <laughs> and you feel like so inferior to them but know just know that your place there like you earned your spot there just like they did you are not any less deserving any less capable of succeeding and that at that school because of your background you are there for a reason because that college saw something in you just like they saw something in everybody else and they see the potential in you in spite of your racial background in spite of your socioeconomic status so know that you deserve to be there and you earned your spot there period <laughs> as as as, a, as the king spoke <laughs> but like um like kind of like anastasia did i didn't do quest bridge because i felt like i would be utilizing a resource that wasn't meant for me you know what i'm saying i'm one of those people like i very much in the room and if i see something and it's very much like this is for a certain group of people i'm not like that's just not for me that's just not the type of person i am so immediately going into like the college search um i don't know for the longest time i was like oh yeah i'm pba pba is the school for me and then like my junior uh i went on a speech and debate tournament at upenn and i was like wow like, I'm, I'm, I'm like wow yes, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and i was like yeah i can live a job as well um so I immediately decided that I was definitely going to do early decisions in Japan. And so I went the traditional route in applying um, to the Common App. Mm -hmm. But I will say that the school that I went to was a PWI. Um, and yeah. was like that. I recognized the privilege that I had like specifically because not only did I go to like a predominantly white institution, but I was also in a health science specialty center program. So that I think was very helpful for me in terms of, you know, like ramping up my, on my application and, you know, finding opportunities. 
or, you know, things I wanted to add to my uh, repertoire. And one thing that I noticed from going to you know, a predominantly white institution, um, there are schools in our county that are that don't have funding as we do. Um, yeah. And that's because of, you know, parents, you know, the, the area, the people, the places that, uh, that are around us. Um, and, you know, if I compared my school to a school that was in our county, wasn't as highly funded at mine, you see, you see, like, students teaching themselves, you know, they don't have access to the same extracurriculars. Like, in my school, um, I took one AP, at least one AP every year. My junior year, I took four APs. Um, and I, yeah, I, I had a very rigorous course load from my very first year, but a big reason why I was, I had availability to those kids because yeah. of the privilege that I had. Yeah. Um, have those resources that other schools in my county, in the same county as me, did not have those privileges. You have kids teaching themselves how to do, you know, simple concepts of English and math because their schools don't even have enough funding to hire teachers. Um, and so going from a place of that, I knew that um, before I left or whatever, I wanted to do something else. I wasn't just going to sit there and, uh, you know, just be like, oh, I'm privileged. <laughs> other people don't because that's just not the type of person I am so you know I think uh, a lot of you know why I wanted to go to a top school or why quote-unquote top school um so I can you know make an impact in yeah yeah and show people that you know I myself am a first-generation Nigerian Nigerian came here when I was eight when I first came here I was terrible at school um, I'm talking like D's, F's, you know, I get everything. I wasn't understanding anything. No, I didn't teach me anything. Because everyone automatically was just like, yeah, she's, she's a lost Um And then my, you know, first year in middle school, I thought it believed in me, um, who actually, you know, took the time to teach me and educate yeah. me. And, you know, having that environment around you, um, in addition to the privilege that I had to go through, a productive, like I said, is one of the reasons why I am where I am today. Yeah. Um, I want to show kids that, you know, like, being an immigrant or being low, low, low income doesn't mean that you can't succeed. Doesn't mean that you have to, you know, like dumb yourself down everyone else around you because they don't think that, you know, you're smart enough or, you, you know, you're rich enough. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, that, none of that matters because at the end of the day, we all have different paths of life. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, when I applied to Penn, not at all thinking that I was going to get into the college, I did submit an ACT score um, uh, just because I. I did. Um, <laughs> I took a because I was like, I'm not taking more than once. But like everyone else has said, uh, standardized testing scores are not reflective of the person you are at all. And I watched Japan ED. I was like, yeah, if I get it, I'm going to go. So I might as well right. You know, right, yeah. do it. Um, and I did. And and I remember when I was in my vacation, I was putting it off for so long. I was like, oh my God, this is the last school. Last school. I don't want to mess it up. I don't want to mess it up. Ah! And <laughs> I I spent, you know, quite an actually short amount of time on my essays. Um, and I hear a lot of people who say they spend like hours and hours and hours, you know, sitting and figuring out what are they going to write about. But it's so easy to just sit down and visualize and conceptualize your life. Yeah. yeah. Read your origin story. You know, everything that you as a person personify, you put that into an essay. And that's, it's ridiculously hard to sit yeah. here and be like, how, me as a person, how can I, you know, bring down this 
like great awesome amazing person and right. make her you know seem interesting enough to this one person where they're like yeah i want her to go to my school um and it sounds like such a task but i remember sitting there and being like wow like what am i gonna write about like what's what's my niche what's my thing yeah. and i just thought of the most daft stupid random memory like oh my god i remember when i lived in nigeria i used to be obsessed with these greek gumballs and i i would run across the street and i would you know eat the gumballs or whatever and I was like, you know what? What if I write about something like that? What if I just, you know, like conceptualize, sit down and talk about that? Um, and I ended up writing about the stupid little green gumballs. Um, <laughs> and you just have to realize that, like everyone said, not only is thing not everything, but you can't just ride on, you know, your yeah. you can't just ride on, you know, things that are academically focused. You have to realize that to excel amongst geniuses because going to schools like ours we will be a, a, among people who are you know, of a higher intellect like, yeah so excel among those you have to be different you have to have something yeah. is a strange quality it's something that no one else can find anywhere else and to really hone in on that i think beyond the world's academia you have to think at who the kind of person you are what dreams do you have what impact do you want to leave on yeah. the world you're gonna gain from going to school like this because a lot of people go to schools like this for cloud right oh yeah i'm gonna use that education that you're using an investment and invest it back into the community that raised you um and i ended up getting into upan and i literally was like walking to the freaking me campus. too oh my God. i can't wait i cannot wait either and the thing is that I want to, like, add to what Paper said, like, the whole, if you're going to apply to, like, these quote-unquote top schools, you know everybody that's applying has, like, these high SAT right, scores. Right, the same stats as you, yeah. These, like, 500 different extracurricular, like, that's nice and all, like, everybody has that, but what makes you different from that other person that has right. the high SAT score? Right. And I feel like... I, I, like a lot of people stress that that whole academia part of it but they don't pay attention to the essay part like the essay part is who you are as a person right. like like favor said like what 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 is your niche like what challenges or adversities that you face that made you who you are right now like the essay is like a key component and like every time when somebody asks me like how did you get into princeton what's your stats i'm just like i'm kind of preaching like you know stats are good like of course try to get a whole good grade stuff like that but don't focus on oh this person has a million yeah. um extracurriculars that means i can't get in because i only do like five or i only do right. three like yeah i live by the whole fact that you um you miss all the shots that you don't take so definitely try if even if like you think that you're not gonna get in you're not going to lose anything by applying or mm -hmm. trying at least. At least you know that you did it. It's better than not knowing if right. you would have gotten in or not. So, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Definitely. And to just, like, bounce off of what you were saying, too, I feel like, especially this year with our year, especially, like, I think a lot of people, like, yeah, a lot of people stress academia and stuff like that, which is true. Like, make sure that is a priority. But I think mm -hmm. something, a roadblock that a lot of people go through is not, like, taking the time to go through the Common App or QuestBridge or whatever, you know, type of application wow. thing out there that you use, really taking the time and trying to pour, like, everything about yourself onto the application. Like, whenever I talk about mine, I literally talk about how, like, my Common App is, like, my life, like, on paper, just, like, my life thrown up on it. Because, like, you really have to see who they, like, 
you just have to because i mean we're not speaking for admissions counseling we have no idea why we all got in but i think but like i really feel like you want them to see as much of you as possible because they're reading they're reading thousands of applications you know i mean especially the ivies so many applications you want to be able to show them all of you so because usually when you just do that then the the passionate things and just the things that you don't even realize will come out and they'll see that yeah so i think that's like a big thing that i feel like you know just the comment up like i i stress this with my cousin all the time i'm like make sure like you put everything about yourself on that whether you think it's boring or not just throw it on there because you never know like that thing that you think is boring could be the reason why they chose to accept you yeah i agree so much and i've heard so many people um who go to their like you know like admissions or their like counselor or whatever whoever admitted them into the school and they're like hey like what made me stand out what made me different and it can literally be the stupidest thing like it could be something as simple as you know one thing about you yeah that um yeah um that made them choose you over other but i will just say one final thing is um like everyone has said, wrap it up. Just be like your own person. People their entire whole career. I know some people in their careers gearing towards college and you know, like, oh my god, I want to get into a good school, this and this and this and that. Yeah. Enjoy your life. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yo, don't, don't okay, like I know this sounds super critical. Like I took a bunch of like APs or whatever, but I still found time to be the person that I am. And I still found time to enjoy my life and not yeah. just stress all the time and not just be like, oh my God, I have to do this and this and this because college. Do things and do extracurriculars and go into things because you want to do them, not right. because they're looking on your college application. Do not just do things because you're like, oh my God, this internship would look so good on my college. Yeah, the admissions officers would be exactly. like, no. Yeah, exactly. You you're, cool. you're, you're in health side, you're in health side doing economics, extracurriculars. <laughs> that even makes sense? Like, no. Feelers <laughs> that you're interested in that makes sense and that has that adds a story element to your application when you do your application you want every single element to tell a story whether it's your culture your background and for you as a person and every single application is a representation of your high school your entire high school four years so if nothing on your thing makes sense or goes together it's just going to show that you're kind of all over the place yeah a route you're going and you know start early and don't stress yourself yeah about start early for the fun of it because they're going to end up knowing that you are not passionate about these things yeah yes i feel like like be authentic like don't be like don't write what you think they want to hear and don't do what like favorite said don't do what you think oh yeah i'm gonna do this thing even though i don't like it it just seems good on my application like don't do that like your high school like of of course you want to get ready for college but there's more to life than college there's more to life than just academics like Find stuff you're passionate about, even if it's just one thing. Like if yeah. you're interested in social justice, find social justice related stuff. Don't go into something that you don't like because right. you think that it's gonna give you that upper edge and it's gonna make you look cool or like I guess appealing to the um the admissions officers. Just try to be authentic, be true yeah. to yourself and they're the right place will pick you. Right. Because because especially like if you if you just do that you just join stuff as kind of like the whole extracurricular booster like if you don't enjoy it it really does kind of shine through you know so it's like it's i think you like you just make it easier on yourself if you're doing stuff that you really really like because 
if it comes time where you have to write about it, bam, you're not sitting there spending an hour, two hours trying to figure out what to write about this club that you quote unquote like so much. When you can easily just like when you can easily write about something that you're actually passionate about and just bang it out like that. And then like you don't even have to check it because you already know it's amazing. Um but again, just to like be clear, this is all just information that we thought that we like we did during our college experience that we felt helped us but again like i said none of us really know we don't live inside the head of an admissions counselor and to be honest i don't think none of us will ever see what the admissions counselors wrote on us when they were figuring us when they were choosing to accept us so this is just like all insight on what we've kind of noticed or like picked up while we were going through this stressful stressful process um but yeah, so like I said at the beginning, like this was just kind of an episode, not really still focusing on, you know, being black and black excellence and stuff like that. But we were just talking about our experiences with our college process. And I really felt like documenting this because this is a strange year, you know, with our class being the first class to really have to admit it, go through a college process without it being normal. Because, you know, because I know me personally, I struggled with trying to get help from people because a lot of people were like, I don't know. But um, yes, yeah, so I want to take the time to really be able to highlight everybody's experiences with all of us going to different IVs, you know, going into questions, some of us not, just kind of to tell you guys what we did to kind of give, you know, all the younger classes behind us to kind of see how it went for us so they can have information and help, the help that we didn't have when we were going through this because it was so new. Yeah. Um, so I just want to thank you guys for coming on. Um, if you made it this far, thank you. Thank you. Yes. yes. Um, if you made it this far in the episode, thank thank you for listening, and I hope it was really insightful. Um, yeah. So this was just like I said, this was just a conversation, and I really hope you enjoyed it. Um, again, my name is Anastasia. I was here with Kim, Favor, and Jayon, who are going to. Penn, U- the University of Pennsylvania, Yale, Princeton, and then me, Cornell. Um, and yes, so thank you for listening and see you soon.